welcome to Despirituality. We're excited today. We've got a great topic for everyone, and we've got a great set of guests uh, here with me today. My name is Russ Ewell, is Scott Colvin, Mike Query, Cameron Straw, and today we're going to do a podcast that's talking about talking. How's that sound? Talking about talking. Now, I know there's a title on the screen, but I'm not going to use that screen title. <laughs> talking about talking. Why is talking so important? Uh, well, we've got a few statistics for you. We've got a, a little bit of a book recommendation for you. Uh, but I want to start off by, by talking about someone who doesn't talk. Can you guys guess the celebrity I'm going to mention? So someone who doesn't talk. Who doesn't talk? Charlie uh, Chap Chap what's his name? So, well, Chaplin? they 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 talk some. <laughs> right. silent, silent movies. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah silent yeah, movies. Yeah. Okay, Charlie Chaplin. That's a good guess. All right, I got one. Got him. I think Johnny Depp doesn't say much. Johnny Depp. Okay. Oh man. Um, uh oh. No no. Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris Boussard, who some of you are sports fans out there may follow. Chris Boussard. He's one of the best sports reporters in the nation, and I think. And uh, he was talking about Kawhi Leonard and how he pulled off his move to the Clippers. Now, you may not be a basketball fan, but stay with me on this because today we're talking about talking. And Kawhi Leonard's a man of few words, and he uses his words powerfully and slickly and, and, and wisely. But he just pulled off what most would agree is one of the most uh, incredible uh, team moves where he moved himself and he got another star to break a, a four-year contract in its uh, third or five-year contract in his third year and move with him to the Clippers. Now, why is that important? Because when Chris Broussard was reporting on him, he said that Kawhi Leonard reminded him, and uh, Chris Broussard like rapped. He liked a guy named Shaheem, reminded him of what the the real bad boys uh, uh, cut uh, an album uh, by Shaheem, which says "Bad Boys Move in Silence." <laughs> Bad like boys that. move in silence. We want to talk about the silence of, of, of people today, and we're probably going to lean a little toward men. So if you're out there, you both, if you're a guy, you're going to learn a lot, hopefully. And uh, if you're a, a woman, you're going to, obviously, you'll learn uh, a lot, and you'll learn maybe a little about men, if, you know, and for marriage, for dating, and all those kinds of things. And more than anything, we think we are going to learn a lot in this room uh, about whether we talk, whether we don't talk. Uh, let me get you a, a couple of scriptures just to get you started out there. And Proverbs 18, verse 4 in the NIV translation, there'll be both of these. In Proverbs 18, verse 4, the words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. Uh, there's a lot of ways to look at that passage, but uh, one of the important things to look at is our words contain within them often deeper meaning uh, than the definitions of those words would imply. So if we go back to whatever the 90s when a teenager was known to say the phrase whatever, hmm. there was a whole lot behind that whatever far beyond the word whatever. And I think this is something that oftentimes we miss, that even in silence there's meaning. And so one of the things we hope to do today in talking about talking is learn how we may be silent and silence may carry a great deal of meaning. To learn how we may be a person of few words but in that sparseness of words is a great depth of uncovered emotion. Uh, and so that's one great scripture for us. Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Our hearts have a depth of emotion, thought, dreams, vision, hurts, regrets. Uh, our hearts have, contain the whole and the essence of who, are, who we are humanly. I think the soul is even deeper. 
Um, and one of the things that the Bible teaches us is it requires a special mm, skill, quality, to be able to draw someone's heart out. And part of drawing someone's heart out, it says the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. Our capacity to listen and to truly hear someone determine whether we can have a conversation with them. So oftentimes mm-hmm. words are traveling, but there isn't a conversation. Mm-hmm. The key is you have to have somebody when you're talking who's listening with insight. Now, why is all of this important? There's a book that uh, has come out, I think last year, called The Death of Friendship. And I don't think you can talk about talking without talking about friendship. And The Death of Friendship really is a book that hits on the fact that we've gotten to a place where parents, coaches, teachers for a while, everybody wanted to be everybody's friend. And their position is, we've lost track of what it means to be friends. Now stay with me on this because the theme of the podcast is talking about talking, but we'll make a huge mistake if we think talking about talking is about talking. It's about friendship and relationship. And some people will listen to it and go, I'm gonna go away and talk more. That's great. But if you're talking more, but more superficially, if you're talking more, but saying less, if you're talking but not making a connection, if you're talking but you don't care, then you're a Facebook friend, not a real friend. Mm-hmm. Let me read a quote from the book, The Death of Friendship. You can go ahead and look that up on Amazon or whatever friendly, Barnes & Nobles, whatever uh, friendly uh, 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 book seller you use. It's interesting. I was watching Stranger Things uh, the other night. The which new is, one? Which is, yeah, the Season new one. Three, yeah. And uh, I, was, I kept stopping the, uh, the, the footage, you know, putting a pause button on because in the background at this mall, have you guys seen it at all? No, yes. we, we won't. We won't. I won't give away anything. But at this mall they were at was a, a Walden Books, and I spent more <laughs> time in right. Walden Books as a kid than I would care to share because I was quite a nerd. We'll talk about that later, but <laughs> uh, late, not late, not in this podcast, but in one that's going <laughs> to drop next week sometime. We'll talk about that. Uh, let me read this quote from the Death of Friendship. This is after the writers talk about the fact that in everybody trying to be everybody's friend we've actually lost the quality of friendship with everybody saying, you're my friend, you're my friend, you're my friend. The teacher's the friend, the coach is the friend, the parents, the friend, the Facebook person's the friend. There's no more real friendship in retrospect. It seems inevitable that once we decided to become friends with everyone, we would forget how to be friends with anyone. We may pride ourselves today, on our aptitude for friendship. Friends, after all, are the only people we have left. But it's not clear that we still even know what it means. Then it goes on and says this, how do we come to this pass? The idea of friendship in ancient times could not have been more different. Achilles and Patroclus, David and Jonathan, Virgil's Nisus and Eurylus, far from being ordinary and universal friendship for the ancients, was rare, precious, and hard won. Far from being ordinary and universal, friendship for the ancients was rare, precious, and hard won. I put before all of us today as we talk about talking that the real meaning behind talking, the real value of talking, is it's how you become friends. And if you just talk about talking for the sake of talking, then you're just going to become more verbose 
but you won't actually build any relationship. Mike Query did a little work. I'm going to drop some stats on you here. A new study has found that women outperform men on nearly all emotional intelligence measures. The research conducted by the Corn Ferry Hay Group used data from 55,000 professionals in 90 countries. Their key finding in 11 of 12 emotional intelligence competencies, women outperformed men. You go 11 for 12. That's pretty much a, <laughs> that's pretty much a beat. Man. That's a beat now. Wait, 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 wait. There's a little more. The only category in which women didn't receive the better score was emotional self-control. And I'm going to let that hang there for a minute because some of the ladies out there are going, oh, man, wait for it, ladies. You're going to be okay. The only category in which women didn't receive the better score was emotional self-control where no gender differences were found. <laughs> <laughs> no wins for the no guys. Wins no wins for the men. Out of 12. So oh, close. shut out. Almost Is that why we one. don't have any women on this shut podcast today? We're going to feel worse shut about out. ourselves. Well, we, yeah. don't, no, no, no. We, we, don't, we don't want women in here because they'd be talking already. <laughs> yeah. They would have already interrupted me and been talking. Yeah. Wait a minute here. Let's get a little more. A 2012 review published in the Journal of Neuropsychologia found that women are better at recognizing facial effects, expression processing, and emotions in general. Men were only better at recognizing specific behavior, which includes anger, aggression, and threatening cues. Survival. We got a fight. Those are the ones we can make. Yeah. <laughs> I think I understand so that. Survival emotion. issue. Okay. I think it's pretty clear. He's growling at me. I think I get it. Everyone needs to get better at talking, but we may have one gender that needs to get a little more improvement than others. Now let's take a look at this article. Not talking about mental health is literally killing men. Not talking, not talking about mental health is literally killing men. So when you talk, you talk about your emotions, you talk about your thoughts, you talk about your intellectual thoughts, you talk about your mental health, you talk about your physical health, Article, not talking about mental health is literally killing men. 9% of men experience depression on a daily basis. That's a total of 6 million men. Mm. More than 3 million men struggle with anxiety every day. So if you take the 9% of depression and the 3% with anxiety, that's 9 million. An estimated 10 million men in the U.S. will suffer from an eating disorder in their lifetime. There are a lot of people that think eating disorders are specifically women. No, an eating disorder is a human condition, a human challenge. We retreat from our friends and instead drown sorrows in numbing substances. One out of every five men will develop an alcohol dependency during his life. One out of every five men will develop alcohol dependency during his mm. life. Hmm. Male suicide is rising at such an alarming rate that it's been classified as a silent epidemic. It's the seventh leading cause of death for males. That's a staggering statistic. Drill down to the numbers and suicide is the second most common cause of death for every age group for men 10 through 39. And I read that again. It's a staggering statistic. Drill down into the numbers, and suicide is the second most common cause of death for every age group for men 
10 through 39. Literally, I think it is a silent killer, not just talking about suicide, but talking about the resistance men have Mm -hmm. toward talking in general. But understand that there are also statistics that would, you know, verify the challenge of, of, of women who don't talk. But we're talking also about being Christians, and it is literally impossible to be a Christian and do well and not talk. Mm-hmm. Talking right. to God in prayer, talking to people, uh, talking to people in need who need your encouragement. So talking is a really important thing. With all this in mind, and we hope you're kind of excited about this topic, we are, uh, Scott Colvin actually did a talk on talking uh, just a little bit ago. And we were so interested in that talk on talking that we decided to have a podcast on talking to talk about his talk on talking. <laughs> it's getting meta. <laughs> so the first question we want to get started with, Scott, is what made you do a talk about talking? <laughs> I think what made me do a talk about talking is that I'm not much of a talker. And uh, it's been a topic of conversation with my wife, Margo, and I for some time uh, because she said to help me with that a lot. But uh, specifically, a couple of weeks ago, we were driving down the, the, the road, and I was quiet. And I was just in my head, just thinking but not, not saying anything. And Margo said, hey, what are you thinking? And I said, oh, nothing. And that was the wrong answer right there. <laughs> she was like, come on, you're always thinking something. There's something going on in there. She said, plus, look at you. You're stressed. You're bottled up. You're, you're tense. you you got to talk. You just need to talk. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I, I had my typical resistance for a while, and then I started talking, and there was just a whole host of things that were on my mind. I had gotten a call earlier that morning about my dad who has Alzheimer, and, and something was going on with him. Right. I had some worries about the kids that were going on. I had some guilt about a few things. I was insecure about some stuff that was coming up. And uh, she's like, see, look, you have so much that's inside. You just got to get it out. Otherwise, you're all... All bottled up. Now Cameron's smiling. I don't know why he's doing that. No, I just relate. I mean, that's classic dude behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a diagnosis? Is that a diagnosis? I know you. I I think I heard you slept at a Holiday Inn last night, Cameron. (laughs) Is that a diagnosis, Doctor Straw? Doctor Straw calling Doctor Straw (laughs) as classic dude behavior, or better known as CDB. You had a bad case of CDB. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Keep going. I just saw Scott. I mean, I just saw Cameron over there, you know, chuckling. Well, it, it led us to a memory of when uh, I had first moved from North Carolina to Washington, D.C. And I don't know if you remember this, Russ, but I was in a similar situation where I wasn't talking. Don't you drag sh- me into this. No, you're <laughs> in. You're in. Don't, nice. you are in. don't drag me and into this. I've nice. never been to Washington, D.C. in my life. <laughs> but you asked me, you said, okay, so what percentage of things that are going through your, your mind yeah. and that, are, you know, that you're feeling are you actually saying? Right. And I think I said something like 10%. It was uh-huh. really low. Yeah. And, uh, and you said, okay, so for the next seven days, I want you to say 100% of what goes through your mind yeah. out loud. And I was like, oh, man. And so driving away from that, I, I was with Margo. <laughs> we weren't dating. We were just friends. We weren't yeah. married, none of that. Yeah, yeah. And oh, immediately on the corner was a very overweight oh, no. woman. Stop. And I Stop. went. <laughs> and I had the thought, oh, wow, she's really fat. Yeah. And I said, oh, wow, she's really fat. And Margo looked at me and was like, what? Now, you weren't and dating, right? We weren't dating. Yeah, okay. This was just driving in the car. And then the next time, we, there was a guy, and 
There was something else okay. that I saw about like him. Hey, don't forget, uh, producer Nathan, Nathan Schaffenhaus <laughs> producing this episode. Nathan, you can't forget to put that in the show notes. Liar, liar. You got to put that in the show notes. It's perfect. If you haven't seen perfect. Liar, Liar, you need to see it because Scott Colvin is doing a great Liar, Liar right that now. That was before Liar, Liar. This, this story just keeps getting better. Just for the audience, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I, I have no recollection of ever asking that question or telling him to do these things. And that poor woman on the sidelines happens to be a friend of mine. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Well, so then there was another guy that had something that I was critical about. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And I said that. Yeah. And she just turned to me and said, and you have a big nose. So whatever. <laughs> wow. Wow. I started to realize, oh, man, there's a lot that I keep in. Wow. Good and bad. And when I get uh, the reason I keep it in. Wow. Is because I, I don't want to, to have that kind of interaction and have yeah, it out. Yeah. I don't Are you still doing that now? I Should I like, you know. Mike? <laughs> Mike? I'm just wondering if he's still on that challenge now. If I play, <laughs> no, I can watch, guarantee watch you. I, I, I don't think so. Or he'd be telling us things about ourselves right yeah, now. Yeah, that's all I'm worried about. On like, the mic. You know, he'd be man, giving us, he'd be giving leave the room. on the mic. I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's, that's some interesting stuff. So, so uh, what, what's your, what, 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 what has been the lesson that, that, what, 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 how does that connect? How does that past event connect with the talk you gave? Like, did, did it, mo- does that motivate you to do the talk? Does it motivate? You don't want to help others. Does it is is it something you're still trying to trying to wrestle with? Like what what was in oh, your head? It's certainly something I'm still trying to wrestle with. I I think the more that I keep bottled up inside, the yep. more uh, it affects my emotions and my relationship building. It affects right. my family. Right. I can't help my kids with that if I'm all bottled up inside. I, right. I know I can see when my kids are having a hard time telling me what they're thinking, right. and I'm like, oh, I can't help them with that if I'm not accessing those and being willing to talk about those. So it's it's definitely still a, a common challenge for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also feels so relieving when we do have meaningful conversations and we get it out. And when I can hear somebody else's and I have the capability yeah. of of drawing someone else's out, like you you referenced uh, Proverbs 20 and verse 5, yeah. when you can draw somebody out, both of that's a good feeling. It creates friendship. It creates relationships. Well, you know, it's very interesting because my, my, my wife and I were driving along to, we're going somewhere. And um, I'm sorry, actually, we were coming back from someplace. I, I can't remember where we were coming back from. And um, we were driving along, and she saw a homeless guy pushing a, a cart. You know, he had a bunch of stuff on it. And she goes, Man, I've seen that guy a lot. I, I, I recognize that guy, you know. And, 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 and she will, you know, she's one of those people who will definitely give someone who's homeless something or. They try to buy them food or whatever. You know, I, I'll do it sometimes. I, I don't think I'm even in her. I don't even think I'm in her class, you know. Um, but um, uh, she saw the guy and then all she goes, oh, no, he, he has he has no shoes. And it was about, I don't know, 80 degrees out, something like that. And I think what's interesting about your story is that we oftentimes can learn from other people when they talk. So when I hear her talk, I see people differently. So she sees a homeless guy and feels compassion. And I think sometimes I see a homeless guy and I'm like, oh, man, now I feel guilty. I got to do something. And I think that really teaches me because when she speaks, she speaks in compassion. So when you're talking, I was thinking one of the things sometimes we don't attack when we talk about talking is we don't attack the thought processes that generate how we talk. And, and you know, like if we learn to see people with compassion like Jesus did, then it changes how we talk and, 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 that, and that kind of thing. So I thought that was pretty cool what you were saying because I go, for a lot of us, we're so busy trying to get control of how we sound that we don't realize the way to tap into the, to, to changing how we sound is to tap into changing how we think. What do you think about that, Mike? 
Yeah, let me think. I mean, I can relate to. Well, I'm I'm a not talk. I'm in the not talker category too. I related to when Scott was talking about just kind of being in my head, and you know, yeah. I have a, same, a similar dynamic with my wife. And what I end up doing <clears> is making <throat> her feel really insecure. Yeah, and we talk about this because um, I end up not saying anything and it leaves her just wondering like is he, is he mad like is he is he bitter is he right. did i do something you know so i end up uh she ends up not learning about me and then i i think just get caught because i don't talk i don't get my mind just gets so clogged up yeah. right so i don't end up learning much about what she's trying to say too right so but you know as you're talking i'm, I'm got you were gonna say something scott I, I was i was gonna say you know one of the things with my mind and how i think about talking is I don't think of it often as the point is to connect with somebody. The yeah. point is to be close to somebody, yeah, right. to learn about them, to know them, for them to know me. Yeah. I think about it a lot of times as purely functional. Right. What are we right. getting done in this transaction and what words do we have to say in order to accomplish blank? Yeah. As right. opposed to having the goal of, no, I really want to be close to this person or have, have you ever, have, have you ever had somebody talk to you and pull you in before? Pull me in. You know, like pull you into a pull, conversation, pull you into a group, make you feel insecure. Right? Have you ever had that? Sure. Yeah. yeah I remember third grade. Uh, I moved from Kansas to Michigan. And so I went into my third grade class. And uh, as I went in there, you know, I was one of the only black kids in the whole school. That was obvious because, you know, nobody else around, you know, pretty much looked, looked like me. I mean, there was, you know, a couple, I think there were, I think it was considered a sighting if you saw an African American at that point, hmm. like sighting a, a deer in the forest. Oh, okay. oh, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this is, this is the, the late, late 1969. So if you're out there and you were born in the modern ages, then you're probably wondering, did I actually know George Washington? Not really. <laughs> Not really. He was, he was in the fifth grade when I was in the third grade. But um, anyway, uh, so I went into the class, you know how you, you're a new student and you go in the class and I don't know why they do that. I don't know if they still do this, but you know, I had to go to the principal's thing and they get me all set and then they bring me into the class, right? Here's your new student. It's like, Hey, how not, to, <laughs> how not yeah. to help the kid put a target on you. Yeah. Right. But anyway, I sat down at the table and they had tables set up like in sort of circles. The teacher did. I sat down and the teacher said something and immediately this girl, Kim goes, Oh, let me help you. I remember her name to this day. I don't know her last name. I don't know what it, where she is or what happened to her or whatever. But that day she reached over and said, oh, here, and let me help you. You need this and you need this and you need this. She talked to me, and immediately I felt secure. And that actually, I think, changed my whole life in, the, in Michigan where I grew up because from that moment I knew I was being accepted. Right. And, and I think sometimes what you're talking about, about connecting, it's talking is not just for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Talking is for other people, right? Mm -hmm. It's a gift. Words right. are a gift to other people, and and our ability to make them feel loved, feel cared about, uh, feel noticed, get attention, feel significance. And so some of me, again, I'm coming back to the interior parts of it, is that I don't know that we often associate our, our silence with our internal selfishness, our mm. silence with our internal meanness, our silence with our internal condescension. And if you don't look inside and go, What's really keeping me silent? Our silence with disinterest, mm -hmm. meaning if I'm not interested in you, I'm not going to talk to you or try to find a way to, to, to relate to you. So I, I think well, for I mean, everybody out there listening, it's really we need to be really helpful to ourselves because this helps me just talking about it. Well, and, and the, the, the meanness part is I related to that again, coming back to with in right. marriage, right? Like my, I think my wife has used that word. Hey, it's mean when you're right. shut down. It's my. Right. It's sort of my defense or my weapon, right? right and that's right. like, like I grew up with, uh, you know, my mom, my sister, like they were 
very expressive, right? So yeah. they felt it, you knew it, right? And they'd talk it out. And that was their, their way of being close, or at least arriving to closeness, sure. right? It was to just sort of hash it out. Right. And I, for whatever reason, you know, grow didn't like it, didn't want any part of that. So I, I learned to just shut it down, right? So right. If, if emotions escalated in the house, I would retreat more and more, right? And that's just the way yeah. I, I handled it. But I ended up using that as like a, I still to, to this day, it's like a crutch. It's like a... Yeah. Uh, a security sort of system that I have, but it ends up being very mean because then it, it, you know, my wife will want to talk and I'd be like, nope, I shut it down. Yeah. And then it's hurtful to her because we can't be close, right? So I hold the cards. I say, hey, <laughs> like, we're not, we're not going to be okay in this house until I decide right. it's okay. So it's very mean to her. See, I'm mean out loud. That's the, see, I, I guess I'm more of a talker in that way. Where <laughs> I just mean out loud. I, I, I think out loud. And then, so I've been working on actually getting in my head a little bit more before uh-huh. I say something or <laughs> thinking about how it's going to come out because right. I, I tend to just lash out. And so I guess it's good and bad because then people check me and go, you're a jerk. And then I go, oh yeah, I guess that was, you know, I have to like go back and then fix it for the future, but I've already done it. So the damage is done, but I guess you're talking about damage in a different way. But yeah, I, th- I hear what you're saying with the intellectual side. Cause I think, um, it is connected with, you know, I'm not trying to get too psychological, but I think the whole, I mean, you know, it's almost like cognitive behavioral therapy, but thinking and how that affects your thought, though, how your action is affected by a thought and vice versa and, and how you're, and what you say is also connected in that whole uh circle but i think uh you, so just, you just went somewhere and i've oh, I, so, I, I, i've never been to that island so so well maybe i'm the only one that's been to therapy but, i've never been to that island but it, but, it sounds expensive yeah it was um i had to get a cheer i think but uh but yeah, no, I just somebody had to, out there is loving it. Right, I'm just I've saying, had to do that. I I'm just, just had saying, to do a lot I'm, of work I'm, in that I'm department. I'm educationally, you know, devoid of. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. Uh, you know, although he called me one earlier, but yeah, I'm just saying I, I've had to work because it definitely how you think does affect how you speak. I mean, yeah. this is like verified, yeah. verifiable, yeah. like in science. But yeah. I think the and the Bible, obviously. But I think, yeah. Uh, yeah so I've I've had to. I think. So, so what, what what's your fundamental point there? I think my fundamental point is. I'm not saying you're not making a great right, point. I'm right. saying what the, what's the thing you want people out there to hear. What, what do you want me to hear? Because right. I need help with this. Well, I think if you're a talker like me, I've yeah. had to connect. Okay, why am I saying this? Yeah. Go back into my head. Yeah. Where maybe someone that you like, it seems like you guys are more on the same page of or you and Scott anyway, Mike, are yeah. like. In, I'm not sure where Russ is at. He's a little in between. But, uh, <laughs> in between, because he's a talker, man. Um, uh, but I think like you know the people that are more in their head maybe naturally need to well you talk talked more. about i don't know if this is taking it in a different direction or not but i've talked about in the past where you know, you'll talk and not always like scott said the relationship thing right like, right the point yeah, of talking is to thinking. get close you don't know you're not you've talked about how you, you don't always do it like where right. i want to talk to know what you're thinking right right and so you'll kind of like power yeah. through to kind of make a point thinking exactly. that you know oh we're just arriving somewhere not aware that someone right. else is probably like totally hurt or, or whatever. I was thinking yeah. about the meanness thing and the, the, right. the meanness of silence, even going back to the study where men recognize anger and, and those facial expressions. A lot of times I'll use my silence and facial expressions to keep other people from talking right. because I don't want to deal with it's that selfishness. I don't want to deal with their emotions. I don't mm. want to deal with, with what might be coming out. Right. Well, one of the things that, and I'm, uh, I want you to, 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 in a moment, not right now, elaborate on this idea that you presented in your talk about the power of words. But when I was thinking about what you were talking about, Cameron, with regard to cognitive behavior therapy, which, you know, I, I don't, I've, I've read about it. I wouldn't even begin to even try to say anything about it. Um, I, you know, I think biblically, some things are just simple. Right. And uh, in, in Ephesians 5, 4, it says in verse 17, 
So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. That's Ephesians four seventeen through 21. Um, I think that Jesus' whole point in Matthew 5 through, through, through 7, the, the Sermon on the Mount, is that you have to be aggressive at working the heart in order to get everything in your life straightened out. So if it was like a chiropractor, he takes the principle that if you get the 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 spine aligned, then you're going to bring about health in a lot of areas. Regardless of what you feel about that, that's just a fundamental principle. So the principle that you have here is that when you don't deal with your hardness of heart, you lose sensitivity. And so me, in the times in my life where I've been harsh as a person, as a leader, um, I think I was not fun to be around. And I mean, uh, definite periods of high school, college, uh, as a leader, young, old, is when my heart is hard. And I think we're kind of talking around that and not really, I think, owning that. What happens to me when my words are lethal is I'm hard-hearted. And um, lots of things harden our hearts. Obviously, the Bible says that sin does that. Um, And I think we can go look in Galatians 5, you know, 19. We can go look in 1 Corinthians 6 6, and read, read about sins, Romans 1. Those are good passages for sin. But something also that happens is we harden our heart to disappointment. We harden our heart when we're discouraged. I think in the book of Exodus, when it talks about um, the Israelites that were slaves, it said uh, they were so discouraged they stopped listening to God. That's a principle. So I think sometimes what happens to us as men, and the reason depression is so high, again, I'm reading you a study. This is not my analysis. We're not giving medical advice. We're not giving psychological advice. Don't know any. That's not. You need to go see somebody that's a professional if you need that kind of help. And, yeah. and, 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 and even try to apply it. But what, 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 what we learned from the study is that depression, they called a silent killer in, in the study. And I think one of the silent aspects of things is men don't talk about the things that harden their heart. And I think, you know, uh, Scott, you had some statistic you put out there. I'm sure you'll cover it right after I get done sort of setting this frame for this section of the podcast um, about men and women and the number of words each of them use from a biblical point of view, from a spiritual point of view, from Jesus' point of view, I think Jesus would say the reason women use more words than men use words is that men may have a higher, have a, a, a an insensitivity, Ephesians 4, an insensitivity to how easily their hearts are hardened. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to someone, you talk to a woman, they oftentimes can identify more emotions and tell you why they feel those emotions quickly they, they average one whereas men oftentimes they're either confused or they're like oh i'm okay and i think part of that and again i'm just going from antidotal evidence and experience part of that is when i was growing up there was nobody sitting there saying to me hey tell me how you're feeling tell, tell, me, tell me where you're at on this right now no coach sat me down and said hey, well, yeah. 
how are you really feeling about not not getting to do this or not getting to do that? And so as a guy, you kind of learn to gut it out. Well, the problem is that gutting it out could be hardening of your heart to, to regret, to disappointment, to rejection, to a lot of things that happen in life. And once your heart gets hard, I'm going to theorize biblically, once your heart gets hard, get hard, <laughs> geez, I'm having a hard time with that. Once your heart gets hard, you lose sensitivity and the number of words and the amount of emotion you have in your life decreases. What do you think, guys? Mm, definitely. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, silence. One of the things. Well, <laughs> one of the things killer. that made me think of because I was saying I was a talker. I gotta retract my statement a little bit because I do not speak vulnerably or in a way that would talk about emotion. Like I'm not emotionally aware or anything. Like that. I'm just speaking. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I just because I talked to me, I'm not hard hard. For the record, but I hear, but it made me think about what you were saying in, in terms of that. So I just wanted to what, put that out there. But made me think too of a, a, a one of my old jobs at the company I was working at. There was a, a, a VP, like a senior VP, who who died in kind of a tragic way. And I remember the CEO got the company together. It was like a big kind of meeting to sort of, you know, it wasn't like eulogize it, but you know, it was address, you know, <laughs> right. address it and kind of talk and kind of address the morale of the company and stuff. And I remember, like, you could see him. He was like trying to like motivate people, and he said, "I think you would just want us to cowboy up. Come on, everybody, just cowboy up." Yeah, yeah. And I remember that really stood out to me because you know, like, I was going for real. That's that's what we're gonna do here. <laughs> like, right. you know, like right. someone I just had lunch with last month is dead now, and like I got to cowboy up. Yeah, that's yeah. It. But then I was like, okay, well, you know, that's kind of how I approach life too. I, I felt bad for being condescending because you've said disappointment yes. like sin like hurts there's stuff from my past that I don't like dealing with they're thinking about when people bring and up and do you think possibly that if we were to able to resolve or, or 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 get over get past or process those feelings we might talk more well and i think talking is part of processing those okay. things too okay. yeah. I, that stat you were referring to is yeah. that uh Studies show that women speak an average of 20,000 words a day, yeah. while men speak an average of 7,000 words a day. Okay, wow, let's think about that for a minute. That means that three of us in this room that are guys, if we all talk max, <laughs> we would equal to one woman. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of women that would agree. Three men equal one woman is probably fair. That's a cool stat. That's a cool stat. Cool because I think it, you know, obviously as Cameron was alluding to, there's a variety of different guys and, right. and, 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 and awareness levels. That's why I want to come back to that sensitivity. Right. I did not grow up being a sensitive kid. A, mm. meaning aware. Right. I was not emotionally aware. I was not mentally aware. I think becoming a Christian unlocked my possibilities. And then through failure, sin, challenge, being challenged, being questioned, uh, relationships with guys, uh, ladies that influenced me, people pointing out uh, my issues and my problems in that regard, I think helped me change. I don't think we can change, like Scott said, without talking. But we also can't change without letting life unfold. And I'm wondering, Cameron, what you were talking about, because it's pretty, when you, I like what you were talking about, but see me, what you were talking about is that in, 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 in all the experiences that you have in life, it's had an effect on how deeply you talk or how vulnerably you talk, because you're kind of carrying around a little, I don't know, maybe yeah. a little baggage or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A couple of Samsonites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of Samsonites. I got a, yeah, I think we'll, I don't want to get super crazy into my past, but yeah, for me, I think I, that is definitely how I learned to, I think you could learn as a kid to 
either you know just not say anything yeah or yeah like for me my protection was no i'm lashing back like i'm not gonna feel so it was actually a protection and not let it let it feel so if you're telling me something because i don't know i i could get into like random you know fourth grade teacher had a problem with that yelled at me for a year but i think in you, that i you remember mean throughout the class yeah like she just i was like her punching bag or whatever she would just yell uh at she me. had a hard day it was where's Cameron? yeah it was me uh can you find straw for me yeah i so, need cameron but i think uh, ever <laughs> since then and for different reasons uh, just the way i'm wired that could be part of it but i i definitely felt uh like I need to lash back and then I wouldn't, I'd feel better in that anger. This is very interesting. Okay. And I'm not sure I haven't had the same uh, issue. My dad tried to help me with basketball one time. (laughs) I, 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 my, my problem was I hated my dad. I resolved that, but I, I mean, I grew up just like, so it was a, it was a, it was an anger. I had an anger toward him that was not fair. Right. Was not justified, but I think it's that teen rebellion and craziness of the various hormones flowing through your body. <laughs> and also the fact that once you reach the age of 15, you believe you've already figured it out. Like, <laughs> I know now, so will you get out of my way? I'm right, and everybody I, else is wrong. I, yeah, and I remember, I, I, I didn't do that. This is memorable, because this was not normal for me. He was trying to give me some advice on basketball, and I lashed out at him, I was really angry. It's like, how can you try to give me this advice when you've not helped me at all? You know, which is obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it's a level of reductionism that I, you know, here I am with a flat, you know, I've had a, pl- I have a plexiglass backboard out there and a, and a hoop and, a, and, Stop. and, and all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plexiglass backboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, nice I, I, had, I had this amazing hoop set up. You know, I got new shoes regularly. I mean, I just, I was equipped, right? And far beyond my game. Point being, I had not thought about it till you said it, that we as men, when we don't want to be vulnerable, like vulnerability would have been for me to say to my dad in that moment, I'm really disappointed that I'm not playing more and scoring more points. And when you when you mention something I need to be better at, it reminds me of how disappointed I am. Instead of saying that, I lashed out with anger. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. Like there's always something underneath my anger. Like I was just. It's funny. I think this was last night or the night before. I uh, my room. Yeah, yeah, it was last night because today's Monday. My roommate. Uh, they come home, uh, and I thought we were going to hang out, and I was looking forward to hanging out with my friends. I, my, my roommates are my friends. <laughs> um, but <That's> good. <laughs> but uh, they were going to a party, and they didn't tell me. They're like, oh, we're about to go. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go to that party, man. Like, I got to do some stuff around here. And then, you know, I, I ended up hanging out with some other people, like my brother or something, came back that night, and I was kind of attitudinal. Yeah. And my, you yeah. know, just a little, like, sharp, little yeah. short. Yeah. And, and my roommate uh, was, you know, must have been doing well spiritually. He was like, well, what's going on, man? How, how you feeling? Yeah, you know, you know? And I was like, I didn't know what I was feeling. Sure, but I was for sure mad. Interesting. And then I said, Oh, well, I think I was just kind of hurt. You guys bounced out, went to the party when I thought we were gonna hang out. Yeah. And then you know, and then I also was feeling a bunch of other things like, yeah. you know, different relationships, uh, dating, different random stuff. Right, right, so right. It was all piled on yeah. real which, stuff, real yeah, stuff, yeah. not random, real stuff. Yeah, real stuff. Like you know, and uh, for me, you know, um, it's real every day. But I think. Um, maybe hearing this might be random, but yeah, that, so I think underneath there's always some kind of hurt for me. Discouragement is a big one and, but how it comes out. Yeah. Anger for sure. And, and I think, you know, in this, and, and, and we're going to take a break in just a minute and we're going to go to, uh, you know, a couple of announcements, a couple of things we want to make sure you're aware of. Uh, we, we've got some upcoming podcasts. We've got some cool things on deep spirituality we want you to know about. And so we'll take a break. And we're going to come back after this because Cameron really summed it up really, really well. And I hope if you're out there, if you're a guy, I think we're talking about some good stuff here to get you thinking about talking. 
And uh, if you're a lady, obviously, I think you can benefit, but you can also understand guys better. And you can there sit there go. and go, oh, man, maybe this is why that guy I went on that date with last night was such a problem for me. Uh, <laughs> and you can, you, you can figure out he needs to, he needs to, you can drop this podcast on him and say, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast and I thought maybe you might want to listen to this <laughs> five times. <laughs> All right, let's go to the break. <laughs> 